Thank you for downloading this Brum Radio podcast. For more podcasts, visit BrumRadio.com. Hello, thanks for downloading. This is the Brum Radio Comedy Show, hosted by me, James Cook. What we've done is we've taken out all the bits that we're not allowed to put in it for legal reasons and left the rest so you can listen to it. Enjoy! It's time for the Brum Radio Comedy Show on Brum Radio with me, James Cook. It's the difficult fourth show, Thursday, January 23rd, 2020. Asking ourselves the question, will January ever end? Coming up on the show today, two who got away, but they keep coming back. Yes, Jay Handley and Harriet Dyer. I'm going to be speaking to the both of them individually, uh, talking variously dinosaurs, drinking, you know, general comedy chat. Uh, we'll also, of course, be rounding up what's happening around uh, Birmingham and the West Midlands over the next seven days. Well, actually, next seven nights, if we're being honest with ourselves, because this is the Brum Radio Comedy Show. That's some good crowd work by Harmar Superstar on that uh, record. Can I say record? It's not a record. It's a, I mean, it's like an MP3. You know what I mean. On that track. I don't want to say track. Hey, do you like that track? It sounds like oh, I'm not that kind of DJ. Oh, that song just ends abruptly. Okay, that's fine. It's the Brum Radio Comedy Show. I'm James Cook. That was uh, Harmar Superstar. I've never tried crowd work like that in all my years as a professional road comic. I've never, um, you know, say, everybody say James is really sexy. Because I think I would, quite rightly, get bottled off. Um, I was uh, comparing a gig this weekend just gone. I went to I went to Bath, um, or Bath, if you're from there, to compare the, uh, the Fantastic Comedia um, gig down there. It was really good. Uh, it was on with really good acts. Elliot Steele. Um, who hates it when you mention that he's Mark Steele's son. He doesn't, you know, he's more than just, you know, there's no nepotism involved. He's a good act on his own. I don't know why I even mentioned that. Uh, Thomas Green, uh, originally from Australia, now lives in uh, Nottingham. He was very good. The audience liked him very much. And then um, Marcel Lucon, uh, the uh, French sophisticate, uh, closed the show. Uh, what a lovely uh, green room we had as well. And we spoke of many things. And uh, I told uh, a non-comedian, oh, I went to, where they were like, did you gig at the weekend? I went, oh, yes, I went to do a gig in Bath. And they were like, oh, that's quite a long way to go for a gig, isn't it? And you forget, as a road comic, how far away these places are in most people's minds. Um, but to us, we're quite blasé about distances. Because, like, Bath, oh, that's less than two hours. That's fine. The fact that I'm in a car for less than four hours on the night to go to work, that's not a problem at all. It reminds me when I when I started off and I had a day job as well at the same time and, like, I'd have done a gig on, like, a Tuesday and I'd be in the office on Wednesday morning looking like death because I was tired and someone would be like, what did you get up to last night? And I'd go, I went to Manchester. And they'd be like, what, and back the same night? And I was like, yep. Um and uh, you just get you just get used to it. You just get used to the uh, the big old drives. That's what it mainly is. It's mainly driving around, being a road comic. And uh, to be honest, that's what I get paid for. I think in my head, I get paid to show up. I do the gigs for free. Uh, brackets. I will not do the gigs for free. I just think the the UK comedy circuit 
is massively inefficient. We're all essentially working for the oil companies at this point. And that is why we need to, uh, all of us, all comedians in the country, we need to uh, shout about and promote our local comedy scenes for if they are burgeoning, we don't have to travel as far in order to do the gigs we need to do in order to survive. And that's kind of what this show's all about. It's shouting about all the great things going on comedy-wise in and around Birmingham. And, uh, and, uh, what I want, you know, I want there to be a, a scene here that we can be proud of and that will grow and that will have a, a following. Uh, and it will stop good comedians moving away, which is a shame, is what happens. We get some good comedians here and they move away in order to uh, uh, progress their career. And I'm going to be talking to two such of those comedians. That that was, you know, rearrange that into a sentence that works. We're going to speak to two of those comedians uh, this week, uh, Harriet Dyer who moved up to Manchester about uh, seven or eight years ago, and uh, Jay Handley, who moved down to London about five years ago, or maybe a little bit less than that. Uh, but they do keep coming back to Birmingham. They do keep coming to see us. So we'll be chatting to those very shortly. Uh, also got the comedy listings coming up uh, after some more music. This is the Brum Radio Comedy Show. <laughs> it's Brum Radio Comedy Show. I'm James Cook. That was Zero uh, Seven and uh, Destiny there, song that mentions uh, watching porn in a hotel room. Not that you'd know to listen to it, though. Uh, so uh, we're talking uh, today with some comedians who have left the fold of Birmingham, and we want to know why. We want to get to the bottom of that. Uh, one such comedian is Harriet Dyer. Uh, Harriet uh, lives in Birmingham uh, for a little while, was doing comedy, and uh, then she moved away to Manchester. Since then, she's been doing uh, Edinburgh shows about uh, mental health. This evolved into a regular club night. She runs up there called Barking Tales, which has recently won an award, no less. And she's coming back to Birmingham on Saturday, the 8th of February. Uh, no, is that right? Have I got that right? Is the 8th of Saturday? I don't know. Uh, the 8th of February, she's coming here to do uh, her show at Mac. Her show is called The Dinosaur Show. I caught up with her a few days ago. Uh, hi, Harriet. Hello, James Cook. Formerly Birmingham-based. Yes. Well, a friend of mine said, well, you know her, Lindsay Santoro, said recently that she was at a gig and for some reason she Googled top comedians in Birmingham and apparently I came up, even though I haven't lived there for a very long time and she was livid because I was ahead of her. <laughs> well, she was clearly vanity Googling. Oh, yes, or it's karma. How long ago did you move away? 2012 or 13, I think. So was it because you'd won the Most Improved Act 2012 at the West Midlands Comedy Forum Awards? You've got me, James. That was exactly it. And I thought, well, I've reached dizzy new heights here. It's time to move on. Did you massively improve in 2012? I think when I started, I just didn't know what to do. And I think I told questionable jokes and then it was someone said to me that I was funnier off stage than on stage and then I was like oh yeah I could just be myself so then I was just myself <laughs> it's amazing because loads of people when they start are just kind of doing an impression of how they think a comedian sounds a hundred percent definitely because that's all you have to go off really I didn't think that all my like life would 
be interesting, whereas essentially I guess that's what I do now, is just talk about what's happened. So why did you leave us? Well, I will always have a very special place in my heart for Birmingham. I absolutely love it. And I only left, really, was because my agent at the time was based in Manchester and a friend of mine that used to be with them said that they felt it would have been better if they were up there. And then now I've ended up in the countryside, sort of near Manchester, because I'm sort of more peaky like on the peak district yes and now i just like it because it's a bit out out the way because i don't particularly like people sort of meandered over here and now i've sort of stayed here settled down and i found a good man and (laughs) and settled down yeah but oh i loved birmingham i really did and i do and i do now when i go there really like it Well, you're back on February the 8th at Mac with The Dinosaur Show. And I asked this question expecting the answer, dinosaurs. What's that about? Well, James, I'm glad you asked. The Dinosaur Show is, well, yeah, it's about dinosaurs. And because I didn't know what to do a show on. And then because I had been doing all these silly little videos about dinosaurs that people seem to like. So I was like, oh, well, I'll do a show about that. And then... I got given a, an inflatable Diplodocus outfit and I was like, oh my God, this is absolutely fantastic. You got given it? Yeah, well, I said, I put on social media that I wanted it and then someone bought it for me. I felt like one of them, you know, those those ladies that go on Amazon and have Amazon wish lists, but they're a bit saucy and I'm, <laughs> I still quite don't know, quite know who give it me, really. They didn't request photos or anything? No, but I am forever grateful. I've got through about four of them now because what I learned was that they're not meant to be used every day. They're more of an occasion. Yeah, not for going to the shops. No, not to be used every... Because I was obviously using them for previews, which was a long time, and then for every day in Edinburgh. So I was getting through them very quickly. I had a similar thing a couple of years ago. I had to do a costume reveal at the end of my Edinburgh show, so I bought a pair of tearaway stripper trousers. (laughs) Yeah. And what I discovered was that after about nine goes, they will just fall apart whenever they feel like it, even if it's 10 minutes into your show when you haven't set anything up and you look down and suddenly you're wearing orange tights and the audience doesn't know why. That's fantastic. That's brilliant. (laughs) Anyway, back to your show. It sounds kid-friendly. Well, it's not a child's show. It's basically for adults that just like being silly. And it's all because the... the, So it's supposed to be that I tell you what really happened to the dinosaurs that everyone's been lied to for all these years. But really, it's just nonsense. And I think anyone that spends more than 10 seconds with me will realise that. Whereas the only it seemed to be that the only sort of negative reviews in Edinburgh were saying, and we don't even find out what really happened to the dinosaurs. And it's like, oh, you never were going to. I'm not a paleontologist, you <laughs> idiot. <laughs> so it's not a lecture based on facts? 
it's based on well maybe my facts <laughs> which are very well they're non they're not facts really and in the middle of Edinburgh last year, someone said to me that there was there's this new theory. Say we're on this earth, and then on the opposite side of this earth, dinosaurs actually still live. And the dinosaurs that we find underground are actually the dinosaurs that are still alive, relatives that they've buried. They're the ones we've found and i was like oh wow but they live on the inside of the earth yeah say we're around they're on the opposite side of the earth living and then the dinosaurs we find are the ones that the alive ones have buried and to be honest my show is not actually that much sillier than that (laughs) (laughs) so you're also known for your work with mental health through your award-winning club night Barking Tales. Tell us about that. Well, it all started in 2014. I did a uh, a show about mental health. Well, it was basically, oh, my whole life everyone's thought I have mental health problems, but I'm just eccentric. And then whilst writing it, I was like, oh, sweet Lord, no, they're right. There is an issue. So then it was sort of my journey within that. And then I was just really taken by how many people seemed to resonate with it that came to the show. Oh, and also at this time, it it was like in in the media that comedians tend to be quite prone to mental illness. So then I thought, well, I'm not really ready for this to be over when I leave the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. And all comedians are mental. Uh, Obviously, that's a very broad (laughs) statement. So I I think I'm going to do something like a a regular uh, sort of compilation show of comedians that were... Because, as well, it's quite difficult to do any material about mental health or anything like that in sort of quite a clubby environment. And and also the people that tend to want to hear stuff like that wouldn't go to those nights anyway. So I so I set this night up and then it... Well, it sort of became a bit of a community, really. So a lot of people that come to it it, well a lot for a lot of them it's like their only social event that they go to i'm thinking about changing it because even because some of them even the clapping's a bit too much because they're so sensitive to noise so a lot of them come with noise cancelling headphones and stuff Mm -hmm. um and to be honest it's probably more about just being there rather than the comedy really because a lot of people come that are from a socially awkward meet-up group. And, yeah, it's just... Oh, I love it. It's the thing I look forward to each month. And I'm um, starting it in London this year in March. So... Any plans to bring it to Birmingham? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm doing one, not Birmingham, but uh, in Wolverhampton in June at the Arena Theatre, but not... That still counts. Oh, that's where I went to uni, Wolverhampton. Well, I can't let you go without asking you this. What is the best dinosaur? Oh, without a doubt, Dilophosaurus. You know, the one in Jurassic Park that spits the venom. The one with the umbrella effect neck? Yeah. Yeah, for aesthetics and power. <laughs> What's yours? Uh, I'd have to say it was a Dizzy Dizzy Dinosaur. Who's that? No, it was a board game from the 80s. Dizzy Dizzy Dinosaur. He turns and spins till someone wins. Oh, that sounds fantastic. Harriet Dyer, thank you very much. Oh, thank you. You can see Harriet Dyer's Dinosaur Show at Mac on Saturday the 8th of February. It is that day, definitely. Uh, Tickets are available at the Mac website. 
From talking about dinosaurs, it only seems appropriate to play some Dinosaur Junior. This is the Brum Radio Comedy Show. Dinosaur Junior! How about that? See ya! That's the song. It's the Brum Radio Comedy Show with me, James Cook, on Thursday, the 23rd of January, 2020. That is what the day is today. Oh, what was the deal with all those uh, things that happened on Wednesday night? Those were crazy, weren't they? Uh, now, uh, this show uh, is uh, in its fourth um, episode. Is it an episode fourth? Uh, this is the fourth show uh, today. And uh, what we've got set up, we have uh, an email address for this show set up. It is brumradiocomedy at gmail.com. Okay, so you can email that if you've got any information about uh, uh, Birmingham and West Midlands-based comedy or any questions or also what you can do. uh, Now that everyone is a critic, uh, what with their little magic rectangles that they have in their pockets the whole time, everyone's always on TripAdvisor, aren't they, reviewing everything that they ever do now. And uh, in many ways, it's a good thing, I suppose. Um, if you want to read uh, TripAdvisor reviews of comedy clubs, by the way, prepared to read a lot of people saying things to the effect of, we got thrown out for laughing. You don't get thrown out for laughing. Uh, you get thrown out for being awkward. That's what you get thrown out for. Uh, but with that in mind, we want to give you the opportunity to uh, use this show as a kind of uh, a hub, uh, a forum, if you will, for your thoughts uh, about comedy events that you have seen or even ones that you have partaken in yourself because I know a lot of uh, a lot of acts listen to this well two or three at least so what you can do is you can on your uh, magic rectangle on your phone you can record like a little review using the uh, the voice recorder thing that these phones have and then you can send the audio if I may use radio jargon to brumradiocomedy at gmail.com <laughs> And uh, if the review's any good, and crucially, not too long, uh, we might play it on the show. Uh, so, brumradiocomedy at gmail.com, record your reviews of comedy shows that you've seen, and you'll get them on the show. We are also on the internet hellscape that is Twitter. So if you're on Twitter and you're tired of being in a bubble that occasionally mocks the other people's bubbles that they're in, you can follow us there. We are at uh, Brum... What is it? At No, hang on. It is... At this is a slick operation at Brum Radio Comedy. Yes, it's all one word at Brum Radio Comedy. If you want to give us a follow, uh, yeah, what you'll get is you'll get a, a message on like Wednesday saying, Oh, the show's on tomorrow, and then a message on Thursday going, Show's on today, and then a message later on Thursday going, Oh, we did the show. Uh, and, and at the moment, not much else, uh, because we only have a bit, like a handful of followers. But if we get that up, we will we will start being really entertaining on Twitter. That's what we promise you. So you can follow us on Brum Radio Comedy at Brum Radio Comedy uh, on Twitter as well. We're going to be looking at the uh, listings for the Birmingham West Midlands comedy scene very s- shortly, and talking to Jay Handley. Him of the Fat Penguin Comedy Club. Him of the long hair and beard, just like our Lord Jesus. Uh, but first, here's uh, Josh Rouse. Directions, Josh Rouse on the Brum Radio Comedy Show. 
I'm James Cook. Time now to have a look at some of the comedy events happening in and around Birmingham and the West Midlands in the next seven days, starting with tonight, Thursday, the 23rd of January. The usual suspects are all on tonight. So that's the Fat Penguin Improv Show at the Patrick Kavanagh, which is free entry. Uh, the uh, open mic night at the Hollybush in Cradley Heath, the famous Hollybush, also free entry. And uh, the comedy carousel at the Glee Club, hosted by Brum Radio's very own Andy Robinson, him off of uh, Pop the Question. And uh, that is not free entry, by the way. But also tonight at the station in Kings Heath is the Off the Rails comedy night show that's hosted by uh, the Good Kids and Eric Rushton, both friends of the show, who um, are both in the uh, Leicester Mercury final this year. So if you want to see them before they uh, triumph at the Leicester Comedy Festival or not, uh, you can go to uh, the Station of Kings Heath to see that show. It's always uh, good fun, always experimental. Uh, on Friday, so tomorrow, uh, the Glee Club's weekend starts with uh, The Noise Next Door, Ray Bradshaw, Alison June-Smith and Anne Edmonds. The Noise Next Door, a, a little uh, improv troupe. I say little. They're not, it's because there's like four of them. Uh, they're an improv troupe who do club comedy, so they're always worth seeing. Uh, and uh, the Blue Orange Theatre has Captain Breadbeard's Bready Brilliant Comedy Cookbook. I'll be honest with you, I have no idea what that is. But it sounds interesting, doesn't it? Captain Breadbeard's Bready Brilliant Comedy Cookbook. Who who wouldn't want to see that show? That's all. Uh, also on Saturday, uh, the Glee Club continues. The Comedy Loft on Broad Street on Saturday night has Andrew Bird, who's one of my favouritest comedians to go and see. Uh, Pierre Hollins, Kay Kurd and uh, Dave Longley. He's always got a few things to say. He's always interesting. Um, and at the Artrix in Bromsgrove is the Barnstormers Comedy Night featuring Scott Bennett, who has recently been voted the funniest person in the Midlands by the people who vote in that kind of things, and a well-deserved prize as well. Uh, no one works harder than Scott. He's a very, very funny individual. Also appearing will be Jay Handley. Jay is probably best known around these parts for running the Fat Penguin Comedy Night at uh, the Patrick Kavanagh in Moseley. He lives in London now, but he's back in Birmingham uh, pretty much every Wednesday, and he'll be in Bromsgrove on Saturday night. I spoke to him a couple of days ago, and I started by asking him, uh, how are you, Jay? A bit hungover. Had quite a big day yesterday. Why? What happened um, yesterday? I, I went climbing, and one of my climbing buddies said, do you want to come for a couple of pints? So I, I had a couple of pints at noon, and then one of my other friends, uh, one of my oldest, dearest friends said, I'm in London, do you want to come for some pints? So I went for some pints <laughs> in London. <laughs> and then I got to the gig I was at and I had more pints. And then I uh, got invited to a strange gin party in Leicester Square. <laughs> had some gin. Wow. Uh, woke up in a bit of a state. You are living the rock and roll lifestyle. I mean, it was a very short glimpse of the rock and roll lifestyle. I tend to live quite a, a, a sedentary uh, life uh, for the most part but yesterday the entire day was quite intense what was your gig yesterday then it was just a new material gig the round table which is one of my favorites in uh leicester square which is kind of like there's no microphone fits about 20 people i think there's about 10 people in but it's really it's really good place to do new stuff and i believe i got off uh, three minutes after being flashed repeatedly because <laughs> um, i was uh, uh well, my a... timekeeping is, is poor quality when i when i've had six to seven pints before i go on stage did you record it i did yeah yeah have you listened back to it yet no i never do i have a huge archive of audio which i should never listen to <laughs> apparently uh alan francis was there and he said 
I had a really good swagger on stage, and I was like, I was absolutely <laughs> and he said you should listen back to it and try and recapture that and I was like that's probably preferable to becoming a functioning alcoholic for yeah. the rest of my career I mean it's so great advice like, for any new young comics coming through Jay you know just get as drunk as you can before you go yeah on. yeah that's, I mean that's that's what I did uh, for, <laughs> for, for four years uh, pretty much uh, no I, I never drank before I go on stage really I typically have a kind of policy of not drinking at all Unless the gig's a bit shit, in which case I feel like it's kind of a, a sort of professional courtesy to get slightly pissed so you at least appear to be enjoying yourself. Yeah. Um, and sort of that helps with the vibes. Um, but for the most part, I like to be a bit sharper than the crowd. Yeah, I suppose what with you being in uh, London now and you, you go about on the tube and such, whereas all of my gigs, I drive to them, so I never get to have a drink. That's definitely... Um, one of those things if I started driving but London's very good because it's not only do I not have to drive it's also uh, facilitates late night drinking in a way no other city does uh, in terms of the amount of like reprobates and Peter Pans that you <laughs> end up dealing with Peter Pans? like adult babies like oh, okay. like, immature grown ups who oh, yeah, will happily drink on a Monday night until um, <laughs> 2 in the morning <laughs> for no apparent reason celebrating nothing I'm hey it was Blue Monday was it Blue Monday? What does yeah. that mean? Oh, it's that... a made-up thing by marketing companies to say it's the most depressing day of the year. It's not I true. Mean, Jesus Christ. I was really happy all day yesterday. Good. However, I was, I was drunk for a <laughs> so, like, oh, I did actually have that moment of realisation. Like, I, was, I was in a really good mood when I got to the gig and like chatting to everyone and all happy just feeling all warm inside and stuff i'm thinking wow that's strange why am i so happy and then i was obviously i've, I've drank like seven, seven times <laughs> but it sort of all fit into place then i was like ah oh, interesting it's like that old uh, simon munnery joke i was walking down the street the other day and uh, i was looking around at the the birds and the trees and the flowers and i thought wow the world is a beautiful place when the world is so beautiful why would anyone take drugs and then i remembered i was on drugs <laughs> <laughs> excellent I should be getting Simon at, um, at Fat Penguin soon because he's doing the Alan Parker Urban Warrior Farewell Tour. Yes, this um, is the character that he used to do in the 90s, yeah. the sort of class warrior parody thing that he then stopped doing for ages but then brought yeah. back but is now retiring. Yeah, yeah, of course. So, yeah, I'll probably get him to do that show uh, at some point soon. Oh, that would be excellent. So how long have you been in London now? Oh, since um, September... 2016, so about three and a three and a bit years. As long ago as that, blimey! Yeah, yeah, it was like yeah. you were just here. Indeed. Well, I am like still, you know, I still come to Birmingham every week. I don't feel like I've cut ties with the place particularly. No, because yeah. you you pop back every Wednesday night, don't you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. For your uh, night, the Fat Penguin at uh, the Patrick Kavanagh in Moseley. Yeah, man. How did you get involved with that? Oh well, you remember Mark Tracy, of course. Well, I do, oh. but. No one else does. No. Still has one of my favourite ever jokes. Will you be able to edit this if the joke is inappropriate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I said my favourite Mark Tracy joke was um, he would he would be all theatrical and he'd be like he'd go, ah, oh, smell of the paint, the roar of the crowd. I love blacking up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Superb joke. <laughs> I mean, none of those words in and of themselves are offensive. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. we should point out that this was steeped in postmodern irony. Of course, and, as, as, as all. And he didn't black up. Asking. No. No. No, yeah, that wasn't just like him 
referencing his stage apparel <laughs> like right at the top of the show. But no, I thought it was a very, very good joke. Um, but yeah, he um, he started uh, Fat Penguin, named it, got the backdrop, all that sort of bollocks uh, when he when he started out in comedy, and then ran it for a bit, and then it kind of went up and down, and then he gave it up and gave up comedy altogether, and uh, and that was that. It's a shame because he's a very funny dude. But he gave it to me and Aaron Smith, I believe it was. I ran it with him for like a show or something and then Aaron kind of disappeared off and then I took it over fully and used a sort of free fringe model. Made a crowdfunded comedy night that's kind of... I've never, I've never paid a penny towards it, but it gets all the top headliners and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, so by free fringe model, you mean it's free to get in and then you have a yeah. bucket collection at the end and people put in what they think the show's worth. Exactly. And all the money... Unlike a lot of free gigs, all the money goes back into the millions for the show rather than making profit. Yeah, and uh, and therefore the yeah. gig has been able to run for the best part of a decade. Almost, yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Like, when I think about that, it's nuts. Like, it's really, yeah, it'd be almost it's eight years, roughly, I think it's been, been going. Yeah, because I used to run comedy in that room, and I ran it between 2000 and 2004, and that felt like ages. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And you compare pretty much every single one of them. Every single one, yeah, the occasional. I've actually tried, I'm trying now to book more gigs that clash with my gig and get a replacement MC every now and again because it is a, it's delightful to have a week off. Like, I love doing the gig and everything, but running a show is, is probably the only really stressful thing in my life, like where you feel responsible for everything. And having a week off that is uh, is quite nice. Yeah, what a strain that must be, that one thing, that one night oh, a week man. where you have the well, responsibility of putting on a lovely yeah. show that people like. Exactly, yeah. But I'm responsible <laughs> for all its loveliness. And, so I, and I don't know if it will be lovely. It typically is, but I don't know. Sort of plagued with uncertainty before the show starts. So, you know, you care. I mean, I think that's why it's a good show. I think it's because I care whether or not it is good. But that care is a difficult thing to cope with when I live a life that... Um, should we say it does not work that muscle <laughs> well I think your care and attention to the gig really comes across to anyone who goes there oh, um, to what extent would you credit doing that sort of weekly comparing gig in the developments of, of you Jay Handley as a comedian oh quite a lot just for me personally as an act having to host a gig every week I mean it was every month and so I'd have to write new material every month and, you know, that sort of stuff. And then when I went weekly, it was like it became a kind of fool's errand to try and churn out material there because I was there so much. So I just started doing pure comparing crowd work and stuff. And that has been brilliant for my ability to improvise and do hosting. So I'm actually quite like good MC now, I think, just because of doing that fucker every week. And then on top of that, I think the other thing that I get out of it is I've seen loads of the best comics in the country up close and personal. So I've had an education of all these different brilliant acts and just been able to watch them all. And that, obviously, is, especially when I was starting out, you know, as more an open micer, being able to book a show where you're seeing like really good professionals that you might not see sort of at the sort of gigs you're allowed on. It was a big thing early doors, I think, in, in sort of setting the standard for what I should be aiming at immediately. And also they have to be nice to you because you're going to pay them money. <laughs> there is that. But then conversely, there's all the acts that I haven't booked or I haven't got around to booking or whatever who all, no doubt, hate me completely and utterly uh, for not booking them. Well, that's, uh, the, that's what they say about uh, you know, the comedian attitude to promoter, is d depending on whether they book you or not, they're either a complete a or they're actually quite a nice bloke. Exactly, uh, yeah. 
Like, All like, of them. Nice, it is. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, gives you work. Yeah, it gives me a lot of work. I, I, but what's good though, what's brilliant about running a show, probably one of the best things like for my my soul is because I know how hard it is to get everyone on, as it were. How many people that I just don't book for whatever reason. That makes me a little bit more comfortable with the people who don't book me because I'm in the same boat as them. I'm like, oh yeah, well I don't book those people, so why should I expect everyone to book me? And I also know how many, like when I put up a, a gig, like I typically get like probably 50 applications for like four spots. And so obviously it's not the best thing to know in terms of building your own confidence for your career, but it's, it's kind of heartening to be like, oh yeah, of course there's so many brilliant acts out there all trying to get spots. So when you sort of hit in the face with it, it's easy to not take it too personally when you don't get gig x or good what good y um yeah and as far as you know you were the second choice but there's i would assume i'm always the second choice <laughs> or i'm i'm considered too good for the show because i'm like they'll be like well yeah. if we put him on everyone else will, will suffer <laughs> so it's kind of like a, a benevolent act to not book me uh, so it's the other acts don't go home questioning their career choices yeah you're a good man jay you're a good man <laughs> are you gearing up for edinburgh this year you're gonna be back up there yeah, man, I'm doing um, White Jesus Free uh, Ascension. Oh, that's a good uh, good title. Is, is you should call it White Jesus Three. I haven't come up with a new title for three years. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, one thing because I did last last year was White Jesus Two Resurrection. Like, I was worried that people would think, well, because I haven't seen White Jesus the original, like, <laughs> then I won't understand the sequel. Yeah, obviously, uh, but but it's not really a sequel, so maybe I'll call I'll just call it Ascension, but still have the same sort of branding with the the Jesus picture. Yeah, uh, which can be viewed uh, jhandley dot com. Funnily enough, actually, I could plug something. I'm going to be releasing my show White Jesus soon. That's in the final stage. Of the in what format? It'll be on the Comedy Unleashed YouTube channel. I think is a good idea because they've got a good following and stuff. And you are unleashed, aren't you? And I am. So, oh man, you don't have a leash. leash on me. So unleashed, it's it's outrageous. The lack of leash. I'll also I'll put it on my YouTube channel. I'll probably put it on Amazon Prime as well because that's fairly simple. I've heard. So I just stick it about. See what happens. Um, Somehow people will be able to watch it. Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> and it's it's pretty good. I, I'm pleased with it. It was sort of well filmed with like 200 people in the crowd, so it was nice to sort of stick something out, you know, that I've done. Oh, good stuff, Jay. Thanks for talking to me today. I appreciate that. Um... Absolute pleasure. Reach out and touch things. Johnny Cash's cover of Personal Jesus on the Brum Radio Comedy Show played uh, for Jay Handley, who we spoke to. Uh, Jay can be seen with his full Jesus face and hair at uh, the Fat Penguin Comedy Club at the Patrick Cavanaugh in Mosley every Wednesday night. Well worth going along to see that. You'll see some fantastic comedy. Uh, my name is James Cook and it's, uh, this show has been pre-recorded. We're recording this on Wednesday lunchtime um, because I'm unable to be in the studio on Thursday. Sorry to let light in upon magic, but that means that while that song was playing out, the news broke of the passing away of Terry Jones from Monty Python's Flying Circus, uh, aged uh, 77. Now, he'd been ill for a, a while, so it kind of knew that this was coming. Um, Monty Python are not the only reason, but a massive reason why I got into comedy in the first place. When I was about 10 years old, my dad video recorded the repeats of the TV series 
and um because they were on past my bedtime and then I'd watch them and it, amazingly how my dad did not at all censor them some of the content was not appropriate but I just absolutely loved it it was grown up men being silly and I wanted to be in Monty Python ever since you know uh, because of that I I was in a sketch show um you know 20 years ago I started a sketch show because I wanted to be in Monty Python and um we only have four of them left now. That's the world we live in, guys. We've got two beetles and four pythons left. We're not going to have them for very long. So I think we need to enjoy them uh, while we can. Incredibly, I sort of met Terry Jones. Um, in terms of pythons, I've seen in real life. I saw John Cleese when he played the was it the Hippodrome um, some years ago when he did that tour about getting, getting Ali money together. Uh, but a few years before that, a friend of mine was working at the Birmingham Library Theatre, which is not there anymore. And they had a talk by Terry Jones, who had written a book about Chaucer. He was a big historian. And uh, we went to see it, me and a couple of mates and the, the guy I know who worked at the theatre. We we went to see Terry Jones do a talk about Chaucer. I'll be honest with you, not really interested in Chaucer. Not as much as I should be. I was there because it was Terry Jones off of Monty Python. But it was a fascinating talk. He was clearly very, very passionate about the topic. And, you know, it made made me interested in what he was talking about. And at the end of the um, of the night, I was sort of hanging around with my, my friend who worked at the library theatre. And uh, he was like, come with come and stand over here. We might be able to meet uh, Terry Jones. And I thought, oh, brilliant, that'd be fantastic. And then we saw Terry Jones come out. Uh, everyone else had gone. There was a, a few sort of uh, dignitaries from the venue there as well. And um, Terry Jones, I think he said something to them along the lines of, um, is there anywhere around here where we can get a, a pint of real ale? And my mate, who was into real ale, was about to chip in and sort of invite him to the pub with us. It was that was about to happen, and the dignitary stepped in and said, "Oh no, come with us!" And I was like, "Ah, damn it! We could have ended up drinking in the pub with Terry Jones, and that would have been amazing." And of course, now um, it's uh, it's not going to happen. Um, he also Terry Jones, of course, was a writer and a movie director, and he co-directed the greatest film ever made, Monty Python's Life of Brian. And if you don't think it is, you really need to watch it again. It still holds up. It's still really funny. It still has something to say. And it is a very tight piece of storytelling. Even the bit with the spaceship in the middle. It's all good. Uh, so Terry Jones, no longer with us. Uh, and uh, as a, a tribute, I suppose, uh, from the, the one of the greatest albums ever made, Monty Python Sings, uh, this is Terry Jones singing uh, I'm So Worried. <laughs> Terry Jones there on the Brum Radio Comedy Show uh, singing I'm So Worried from Monty Python Sings. Terry Jones, who sadly passed away yesterday, uh, aged just 77. And uh, it's a bit of a sad end to the show, really, this week. Sorry, guys. Uh, you know, but uh, comedy and tragedy, two sides of the same coin and other such cliches. The show will be back next week. I'll be here. Hopefully more comedy greats won't have passed away in the week. Otherwise, that's going to be depressing as well. Uh, we'll be looking at all the things happening around Birmingham comedy-wise. Remember, you can get in touch with us. You can email brumradiocomedy at gmail.com. Send us your reviews of shows that you've seen. Uh, you can write them if you want. You can record them and send us the audio. And if they're any good, we'll put them on the radio. 
Uh, you can check out the podcast of this show by going to brumradio.com. That's where you can listen again to all the shows we've done so far. There are four of them now. Uh, no, you can follow us on Twitter at Brum Radio Comedy. This is James Cook for the Brum Radio Comedy Show saying, ta There you go. That was all right, wasn't it? That was the Prom Radio Comedy Show. It's going to be back live 11 o'clock in the morning next Thursday. You can listen to it through brumradio.com and that way you get to hear all the music we play as well. Or if you feel like the music was sadly lacking, you can check it out on Mixcloud. Also go through brumradio.com to listen to that. Otherwise, download the podcast again next week. Or if you really want to, find the studio and come and sit in the corner of it and then you'll see it all happening live as well. There's lots of different ways you can consume the show, not all of them uh, entirely legally. Until next time, ta-ra! Thank you for listening to this Brum Radio podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us on your podcast app.